I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Yes or no, did you ever take banned substances to enhance your cycling performance? Yes. I had no prior knowledge of the planned assault on Nancy Kerrigan. I am deeply sorry for my irresponsible and selfish behavior I engaged in. Hello, good day, good morning, good afternoon. It's Oops the Podcast. I'm Francis. He's Julio. Hey, G, how are you, pal? Doing well, man. How are you? Boy, I'm excited. I got a lot to unload here. Love it. Big Love it. day. Big day on the pod. I've been looking forward <laughs> to to just dumping a lot of my brain all over your face. <laughs> dump it, baby. Dumping. Dump it. I got a dump. Chris is taken aback by that graphic. Didn't li- Chris didn't like that. Not a, not a face guy. <laughs> Uh, I have returned from Kansas City, Missouri. Welcome back. It feels good to be back. I had never been there before. Um, It's a pretty cool city, man. Yeah, it's a good town. Have you been there? I've been once, yeah. Buddy. It's good times. Hip, hip city. Happening place. Yeah. Young people. Attractive young people. Love it. Love that. Yeah, smart. You know, it, 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 I think it gets a lot of uh, graduates from the University of Kansas and the University of Missouri. Mizzou. Mm-hmm. M-I-Z-Z-O-U. That's their chant. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we get it. You can you can spell. Buddy, so, so Kansas City, here's the thing. I didn't realize that it's very spread out as a city. Very, very spread out. To the extent that where I was staying was a 35-minute Uber on highways to the downtown Oh, that's crazy. It didn't... It wasn't good. I should have rented a car. Who set you up with that? Did you pick your hotel or did they... Well, the hotel was close to the club. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it's not as if where I was staying was in some outskirts uh, or suburb place that was super far away either. It was its own part of the city. Right. It's the other side of town. And it was a nice part of the city, Overland Park. Uh, which is a lot, you know, it's sort of like the wealthy, I don't, I don't know what you would call it, suburb area, but, but there was a lot of stuff happening there too. And then, and then there's, there's Westport and then there's the, the, their big kind of nightlife area is the power and light district. Okay. Sounds pretty cool. I didn't go there though, because everyone said it was like trashy young people, you know, girls in miniskirts (laughs) puking into gutters and things like that. So it was just like full on everything open situation dude they don't give a fuck about COVID. that's crazy they don't they don't care now i'm not going to go so far as to say that they all think it's a hoax they haven't <laughs> right. written off its existence right they just say you know que sera sera what will be will be if we get it we get it we'll deal with it otherwise no big deal right and i think that that is a particularly young person's mentality. I think you see that more in places that are where there are a lot of young people. Right. Right. Because that that mentality, that ideology is driven by young people who really don't fear this disease. And uh, I don't know, man. I don't... I kind of get it. I'm not saying I agree with it. I just... I understand why people would feel that way. Right. Right. A lot of these people that I met, they were like, oh, don't worry about it. I already had it. Right, right, right. And they're right. like, it's no big deal. Right. You know? And when enough people say that to you, you don't really care anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's different here where, like, we had a crisis yes. in the Northeast. It was, yeah. like, crazy. Right. So, you know, it's hard to take it really seriously, take something really seriously until it's a crisis. Yeah. So it's interesting to see that. 
We, I, sorry, I, got I, I got picked up in at the airport. There was a guy. <laughs> most of the people, people are, are wearing masks there, but they're doing a lot of the half mask. A lot of the nose open, mouth covered mask situation. <laughs> Flag at half mask. Yeah. You know, that's the pullout method of <laughs> mask wearing. And my Uber driver that picked me up at the airport, I got into the car. I'm wearing a mask. He's wearing a mask. And he goes, hey, buddy, you can take your mask off. I'll keep mine on so we're both safe. Oh, wow. And I was like, that's not how that works at all. <laughs> but thanks for taking one for the team, dude. That is a girl telling you you don't have to wear a condom because she's on birth control. <laughs> and you're like, I'm more concerned about where you've been. <laughs> it's not really the pregnancy issue that I'm concerned about. Dude, 100%. So it was a great place. I will say that you mentioned you were revitalized in stand-up last week. Uh, after having a good set, this did exactly that for me. I was hoping and thinking about it. The shows my... were good, man. It's good. Boy, oh boy. Thursday night, kind of light. Friday, better. Saturday night, sold out on the early show. Almost sold out on the late show. Really? Club was awesome, man. It was ripping. Run by this fantastic guy named Dustin. He's a former comic himself. Places built with low ceilings, great acoustics, good light. Stage was perfect. Great green room. What's the name of the club again? Comedy Club of Kansas City. Got it. Awesome. It's sort of like the Washington football team of comedy clubs. <laughs> <laughs> Choose a name. Um, <laughs> is that still their name? Yeah. That's yeah. crazy, dude. So it was great, dude. And and I, I was saying this to you before we started, but it was so encouraging because after the show, you know, I met a few people and I was responsible about it. We would like meet out outside, you know, in front of the club and talk. And it was clear to me that there were more people that were there from listening to our podcast than from who knew me from my work at Barstool. That's really great, man. And this was the first time that that had happened. And it just, I think, speaks volumes to the the growth of the pod and, and, and our, our phenomenal fan base. And uh, people really like seemed to like what we were doing. And that it just it warmed my fucking heart, man. It's great, dude. That's was, really, really encouraging. It was really great. So the next time you go on the road, I'm sure you're going to get that. And uh, everyone's like, when are you and Julio? You know, everyone's talking about you. And uh, <laughs> they were. They were. That would be fun, man. We should definitely start doing weekends. I know. We'll have to get on the road. One um, day we'll do it. You know, to, together. We'll have to figure out what our act is going to be. But Yeah, it's a fun conversation to have. It'd be fun. I feel like we could do a little, I'll do a little keyboard. You could do a little, little Young Big. <laughs> that could be cool. Musical collaboration. That could be cool. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I like that. So all is well, man. The, the barbecue was pretty stellar. Although... I was following along. It looked good. You you can't eat barbecue every day. Yeah. Not yeah, at yeah. that level. It hurts. Dude, so you got to watch Chef's Table, man. I will. This is so Chris Chris is doing this this gesture at me with his hands. But you know, I'm sorry to interrupt you and I want to no, hear more about this, but this okay. season of Chef's Table is about barbecue. And dude, it's fucking awesome. Yeah. And it's just like it's like this beautiful artistically presented. It's like not like so today we're gonna make green onions. It's like an experience, dude. If you watch it, smoke a little bit, little bongs away, mm -hmm. throw bongs on chef's away. table. I really think you'll enjoy it. <laughs> I really think you'll enjoy it. I'd love to hear your thoughts. I, I was on Netflix looking for it and I saw this other show that was called 
I don't know, meat eaters or like some kind of thing. It was a chopped for smoking. And I sort of watched some of that and it was terrible. I'm sure. It sounds terrible. So then I kind of, yeah. No, no. Chef's was, table is its own thing, bro. I want to watch it. Yeah. Sick. Smoking meat and barbecue is a religion in Kansas City. More than anywhere else that I've been. Yeah. Um, And granted, I haven't been to like Austin, Texas or some other places that really pride themselves on it. But I've never been there either. I don't know how neither of us have been there. I know. It's crazy. People have such strong opinions in Kansas City about their favorite barbecue places that you have to walk carefully when you mention where you've been. Right. I love that. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Isn't that fun? Like, I love going to a city where they're like, where'd you go to eat? And you tell them and they're like, oh, that's great. Yeah. Like they get invested. You got to be careful because because what you know, if you mention what you liked, other people will start booing and then half the audience. (laughs) Right. No, fuck you. That's my favorite place, too. (laughs) <laughs> barbecue so, heckling i went to two places and that was all i could handle i went to the first place jack stack jack stacks it was it was good it looked good it was really really good but you know i, I did a sampler and the, maybe that's the problem was that i was just ordering too much at each place if i had been a little bit more uh abstemious in my ordering i might have had the capacity to eat it each day right right, but i couldn't recover from that first meal so then i had to take the next day off and then finally by saturday begrudgingly i went to another barbecue place because i knew i had to that day i went to joe's joe's barbecue of kansas city which is in a converted gas station sick it has a cult following i arrived 15 minutes before they opened and already there was a line I went in, I ordered the whole thing. They have a Z-Man sandwich. That's what it's called. It's a brisket sandwich on a buttered brioche bun with their homemade barbecue sauce, melted provolone cheese, and onion rings. Oh, my God. It blew me away. I can't believe you even ate that. It (laughs) went in Rome. Absolutely. That is what it was. I felt like I didn't have a choice. Good for you, man. Again, like I've said this before. I'll say it again. Francis really has good balance in his life. (laughs) Well, coming home from Kansas City, I felt like Morgan Spurlock after he had completed... completed filming <laughs> supersized me you remember where his girlfriend like sets him up on like a detox diet like a shock diet to restore <laughs> his glucose levels and wean him off of the addiction yeah. he's developed yeah, i remember yeah. i said to my girlfriend last night i was like i need help for the next week <laughs> we need to go into you know cryotherapy of some kind oh, yeah. to, to to really get this out of me because my heart it hurts it hurts to eat yeah. Again, I was overeating at these places. I mean, at Jack's or at uh, Joe's Barbecue, I ordered that Z-Man sandwich. I ordered a side of fries, which are like dipped in meat lard uh, and seasoned. The fries were nuts. I ordered mac and cheese, side of beans. And then I ordered a half rack of ribs and the burnt end steak tips. Yeah. And it's just because like. Because you got to try it all. I, I get anxiety. I've talked about this. I get anxiety at restaurants if I don't, if I feel like I've gone and I've left some stone unturned. Dude, a hundred fucking percent. And it, as wasteful as it sounds, and I, I do feel bad about that, I'd rather order everything that's good and try a few things. I mean, that's why it's so much more fun to eat with people. Dude, a hundred percent. When I was in Mississippi, I ordered fried crawfish, fried alligator, and like some blackened river trout thing and ate wow. all of it. And then, but and then felt the way that you feel. I'm yeah. like, fuck, this is crazy. And feeling that way, where like you literally can't breathe. Yeah. From eating, and then you're all like, <gasps> and then I'm like, 
if I go to bed right now, I'm going to wake up wanting to kill myself because like the, my heartburn is going to be so bad. I'm like, I need to keep myself awake somehow. Yeah. You got to You stay up to like help. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a terrible feeling. Um, I do know that feeling. It, it's, it's funny though, because, uh, you know, I ate those meals in the middle of the day and then I didn't eat anything for the rest of the day. Oh, not even for dinner? No. Wow. That's that how was... full I was. And I, I think that my, we talk about growing up as a kid, I would eat until I couldn't breathe like that. Yes. All the time. All the time. All the time. I thought that was like the, the bell ringing of it's over. You know, you've completed the meal now that you're, you have to undo your pants and you're in, in trouble. Right, 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 right. And I had not felt that feeling of like my rib cage expanding and, and creaking, the bones creaking in your body uh, in, in a long time. Yeah. And I realized, oh, I really don't like this now. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, when I, when I was staying with uh, my girlfriend's parents first and then with one of her friend's parents, like Midwestern Jewish families who were just like, stuffing me with food at all the time. I went to bed every night feeling that way. Mm. And like, while it was really nice, like it's really nice to avoid that feeling if you can. Totally. But it's hard to have self-control. And I feel like this is the number one problem for me when it comes to like getting on a good, in a good pattern or getting in a good habit is just like the ability to stop eating before I'm stuffed. That has always been the challenging thing for me. Yes. Yes. But dude, I'm telling you, the easiest way to do that is to cook your own food. Totally, totally, totally. Because you do that, you overeat when there's a when there's too much food available in front right, of you. Right. When people are encouraging you to get seconds, when right, you're right, at a right, buffet, right. you know, because you're like, oh, there's more, and I I I can fit more. Right. Instead right. of this is what I cooked. This is my meal. My plate's empty. I'm not gonna go cook more food. So the, my, my problem with that scenario is that I get the food, I start cooking it, and I'm like, well, we're not going to cook this again. I'll just make more. Maybe someone else will eat it. And then I eat it. So I end up making more food if I cook. Interesting. Well, then you have to have the discipline of, yeah. of putting some away into Tupperware containers for leftovers. Right, right. Uh, which is something I do. I'll cook for like three days. Right. And smart. yeah, I guess it's called meal prep. For me, it's more just laziness. <laughs> You know what I mean? I don't want to cook the next day. So it's like I cook a pot of quinoa or whatever rice that's, you know, no, no human would eat this much rice in one sitting. <laughs> and so you eat your portion and then you just box it up and, and put it away. Dude, I've realized something like the only times where I've gotten in really I've gotten really fit. And I've kind of talked about this in the past, but like. I basically need to have someone freeze my bank accounts. <laughs> I need to be locked in a room. I need to not be able to socialize with any people. And it needs to be prohibition again. <laughs> Otherwise, I have no shot. I mean, whatever. I've, by the way, update. I've, like, I've gotten a little in a little bit better shape. Let's the, go. The scale is trending in the proper uh, direction. I whatever. like it. It's, it's a low stakes situation. But, you mm -hmm. know, there isn't much going on. It's like a fun thing to be doing. Yeah. You know? So, you know, that's, that's good, encouraging, man. but whatever. Keep at it, Chris. You look good, man. You are becoming a lean, mean eel. You're a slippery, <laughs> you're a slippery Chris, eel. you a slippery fucking eel. You can, yeah, you slither along. You're, you're nice and lean. I like it. <laughs> Dude, I will say this. The last thing on this food thing, we talk about this a lot. I, in, in the wake of, of sort of really cutting back on my sugar, mm. uh, First of all, it sucks for a week. You have to really fight it. You feel sad. 
Yeah. That's the hardest part. You feel sad. Yes, but once you push through that, your body readjusts. And you forget about the it. The cravings right? are gone. I know. It's a great feeling. And number two, my stomach has clearly shrunk. Yes. And so I am in the same way that people get that, you know, lap band surgery. Yeah. Which is like the most effective means of, of losing tons of weight. Chris Christie had it. Doesn't really look like it took hold. Maybe he just burst through it. <laughs> but where they basically staple gastric your stomach. bypass surgery? Is it gastric I bypass? Know. I don't know. The one where they Something like, like they, they basically like make your stomach smaller. Yes. So that you feel full more quickly. Yeah. And that's clearly what has happened to me because I just can't eat as much anymore. Yeah. And I never thought that that would happen. And uh, I'm satisfied much sooner with the meal. Dude, yeah. That, that's Getting there is such an important thing. And that's why for me, if I'm like in a weight loss mode, I can't just be like smoking a bunch of weed. Yeah. Because the second I do that, I will burst through my shrunken stomach and expand it. Yeah. Once yeah. Again. I have started my, my, my weed uh, intake after meals. Interesting. But that's, that, that's like some OG smoker shit though. I know... Chris mm. is saying he doesn't eat at all when he smokes. Yeah. That's an interesting thing. Right. So this is, so I've found that OG smokers do that. They'll eat their meal and then they smoke. Whereas for me who I don't smoke as regularly, I'm like, I'm going to smoke and then I'm going to eat. But if I eat and then I smoke, I will then eat another full meal. Afterward. Oh, wow. Full meal afterward. That's really pathetic. It's really bad. <laughs> <laughs> Now, don't get me wrong. We don't need to be, you know, monks here. I, if I'm going out to dinner, I it's fun to have a little bit of a little, little oh, yeah. toke right before you go. You know what I mean? That's fun for sure. Yeah. Don't be, you but don't, dude, don't not, go crazy. Like, not for me. Like I just don't, it doesn't sit well with me. The second I'll smoke, I'll be like, I can't believe I'm going to dinner with these people. Do they even like me? Like, I don't know yeah. if these, I don't think these people even like me. Like. You Fuck. clearly have a poor relationship with marijuana. I do. I have a poor relationship. But I've been cutting back my marijuana use, too. Interesting. I, I don't know what's going on. I'm just becoming a, a loser. <laughs> Boring person. <laughs> you know, uh, who was it? My Maybe it was my psychologist told me everything in moderation. And I realized I, was, I had gotten to the point where I was smoking weed every night. And uh, now I'm t I'm t I, I started taking one night off a week. Now I'm up to two. And but if I get off? to, yeah, two nights off. And if I get to three or four, I think that that'll be a, a better place it's for good, my health. It's a good place, dude. Good yeah. for you. Um, Lots to talk about so, so today. So, dude, uh, we, last time, I think on the last episode or one of the last episodes, we had uh, done a call to get recommendations for last place in fantasy football things. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So I have some funny ones. And this is a combination of the most popular responses we got, some things that I thought of. Um, okay. and I actually think, so, yeah. So tell me what you think about this. So this is a very popular one that I thought was pretty funny, but last place has to take the SAT yeah, I've while wearing one. a suit. That's a pretty good one. By the way, for the record, I would love to take the SAT <laughs> what? just to see how you would do. I just think it'd make me feel good about myself. <laughs> First of all, I tutored it for like three years. So I'm pretty confident I would fucking smoke it. it. Yeah. Absolutely smoke it. And I would love to compete with someone who didn't know that I had tutored. And then just come in and rub it in their face. <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you this, though. I, the one problem I have with that one is like, um, can't you just phone it in? I think some people said that you have to have like some minimum score or something. 
Okay. Like, could you just go there and like, who cares? Like, yeah, yeah. The stakes are kind of low. For I that. think you need to uh, say that if you don't achieve a certain benchmark, you will have an additional punishment. Okay. Yeah, that's good. I agree. I agree. And let's that. say it's like nineteen hundred or two thousand or something. Something. Yeah. I don't know, like eighty fifth percentile. If oh, you're, that's, that's but high. Dude, if you're like twenty five years old and you've already gone through college, you should be doing better. So I don't know, not without than preparation. And a sixteen-year-old, no? but that, but that's interesting because that way you have to actually prepare, which really sucks. Because it's the same way, like if you had to take the driver's test today, you'd fail. You if without like a little. I don't know about that. I do. I don't know. Without any preparation, taking both the driving and the written, you'd. I Dude, don't know if you'd pass. The stakes for the permit test. The permit's different from a license, though. I didn't take a written p- test for the license. Oh, really? We just had the, the road test. Oh, okay. I guess it's different for every state. Okay. Um, all right. Well, hold on. There's some more good ones here. So this is another one we got that was pretty funny. You have to spend 24 hours in a Waffle House, and you can deduct one hour for every waffle eaten. That ends up being kind of funny, because you, you can end up eating 10 waffles, and then you only have to spend all right, Well, let, Then what's the correct balance? Uh, what you, do you eat mean? 20 waffles and spend four hours in there? If you want, you could do that. Dude, I would not. 24 hours. I mean, anything over four hours in a waffle house is too much oh uh, yeah so that's a, that's a tough one i like that that was pretty good you eat your way out of it dude this one's really good uh <laughs> you have to do karate like in a karate class until you achieve a yellow belt that's great <laughs> that's Which is great because you're just like yes sensei with a bunch of fucking 10 year olds yes that's one of the funnier and ones you I've could heard. bring your buddies to the graduation belt ceremony <laughs> Which would yeah. be great. And they're all drunk for it. They're like, woo! <laughs> uh, here's a couple other ones. Uh, pierce your eyebrow. I thought that was kind of good, but that might actually, like, a, like some jobs, you like, can't have a pierced eyebrow. Yeah. Like, I don't know about that one. Yeah, I, I think that eyebrow, like, piercings and, and the tattoos, you know, I don't care, even even a butt cheek tattoo, any of that stuff. I'm not sure I'd... Yeah, yeah, not ideal. I'd be thrilled about that. So this is another good one. Uh, you have to be a street performer until you earn fifty dollars. Wow, <laughs> that's really good. That's pretty good. Because I mean, so cringy. First of all, depending on where you live, the pedestrians might be very unwilling to give any money whatsoever. Totally. Number two, to earn any money as a street performer, you have to be decent. Yeah. Yeah. So at some point you're either going to just be terrible and then begging people for money, <laughs> which is hysterical. <laughs> like, I know I'm bad at the flute. <laughs> Can Help I please me. Have a dollar? And you're like, dude, you look like you're doing fine, <laughs> man. Panhandling becomes easier. And then you're like, well, I lost a fantasy football thing. And then they're like, fuck you. <laughs> dude, that's great. Like, people Showtime? actually need help. You know? Did you get on the subway? You're like. <laughs> yeah. You know how they like flip the hat. Oh, so, all right. So what's the what's the <laughs> skill you would go with if you gunned your head, you were forced to make money street performing tomorrow? What's what would you present? I do I guess I would like start off dancing. <laughs> really? I, dancing? Like, like I guess. Like more I, than more than rapping? Rapping I guess rapping maybe. I think rapping would be or or comedy. Yeah, I guess rapping. Comedy is like it's just weird. Like, all right, comedy. It know, is yeah. weird, but it's a skill that you have. Rapping is at least interesting because I'll be like, give me three topics the way they do on TikTok, and I could theoretically do that. Maybe. Okay. All right. It would still be cringe. 
I think I could do it with piano pretty quickly. Yeah, I, you would crush I, it. I think I would do it fine with piano. You would kill that. Yeah. yeah. That's that wouldn't even be fair. They'd be like, oh great. Fuck it. <laughs> I'd I'd stay on. I'd yeah. keep going. <laughs> I'm making yeah. more money doing this. <laughs> it's just <laughs> and I was your my job. life. <laughs> that's just your job now. That's great. Dude, I think and then I think like the person who's second to last needs to supervise the person who's in last to make sure they do what they have to do. Okay. I think mm-hmm. that's a good thing. All yeah. right. So here's a couple a couple more. Uh, one I think that I think is funny is that the loser has to either get lip injections. Oh my god! Or, or Botox. Because <laughs> oh. both of those things wear off. Yes. So you're just walking around with these fat lips, like that's so embarrassing. That is funny, <laughs> but also could turn out to make you look a lot better. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you are committed to getting lip injections for the rest of your life. First of all, same is true of Botox. If you if you're worried about either of those, you would do the Botox because the Botox is actually kind of you, you could just do like a, a little forehead thing and and all of a sudden you don't have you look younger. Yeah, that's true. I always like I wonder how obvious it would be though because like I, you probably have to do it for an extended period of time and mm-hmm. you get carried away till you get to the point where your forehead just looks like a mirror. Yeah, that's you know. But I guess after doing it once, maybe that would where you never look surprised anymore. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so. The, I just read all of these, but I thought of one that I think is worse. Great. And tell me what you think. So if you lose your fantasy football league, you have to eat a turkey sandwich on sliced wheat bread with mustard only all five days a week at work. You're not allowed to leave the building. And if, and if any of your coworkers invite you to go to lunch, you have to say exactly this. And, now, and theoretically, your coworkers would be in your fantasy football league with you. So they would ask you every day. And if you say this wrong by one word, it adds another day onto the punishment. Oh my God. So I'll be like, hey, Francis, want to go to lunch? And you have to say, although lunch is my favorite part of the day. <laughs> although lunch is my favorite part of the day, unfortunately, I won't be able to join you because I'll be enjoying my lunch right here from my desk, brother. <laughs> I hope so badly. That someone uses that for their fantasy football league. That's pretty good. <laughs> it's pretty good. Come on. Although your 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 meal isn't terrible, it's not as if a turkey sandwich with mustard and wheat bread. I mean, you you could you could definitely make that worse. Totally. And I think that by but by making it worse, it makes it so bad that it's like, why it, is that so bad? What you just said. Because, dude, eating the, like a bland turkey sandwich the, every single day, just, the, just those ingredients, sliced wheat bread, turkey, and mustard, it's fine, but eating it 20 times in a month. Oh, it's a all, month. Yeah. yeah, every single day during your work day, though, the weekends you, t- you take off, mm-hmm. and your friends go to lunch every day, you not only can't leave the building, but you have to recite verbatim. Your excuse as to why you can't every single day. Okay, so you rely on the fantasy football teammates or, or coworkers to be in the league as well. So presuming they're going to... Yeah, but in the event that, that you work at a place where that's not the case, mm-hmm. after day two or three of that, I don't know if people are going to be <laughs> asking you to come to lunch anymore. <laughs> they like, Tom, ask Tom to come... No, you should have heard what he said to me. This guy's a fucking robot, dude. Yeah, I don't they'll, want that guy coming to lunch. I'm not, I'm not even going to offer it to him. <laughs> they'll be like... He started his sentence with although. <laughs> they're like, hey, Francis, you want to come to lunch? You're like, although. They're like, okay, yeah, yeah, we got it. Yeah, we get it, dude. They, they know the speech they're by like, the end of it. Although lunch is the far, far of your day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
You get called in with stay the boss. Here. We get it, Tom. Okay. <laughs> the boss is like, Francis, you've really been weirding people out. <laughs> like, what's going on with the turkey sandwich, dude? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's great. great dude. So good luck with your uh with your fantasy football. Yeah, good stuff. luck with the fantasy football. Uh pretty horrific injury from the Cowboys quarterback, Dak Prescott, yesterday. Did you see that? No, what happened to him? I think he I think he broke his ankle or broke his leg. But it was like nasty, like Yeah, pow. you could tell immediately. Oof. One of those things where you didn't want to watch the replay. Jesus dude. Guys, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, fill in the blanks here. If I were in a concert right now and I said, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, I'd then turn the microphone to all of you sitting in the stadium and you would all yell, Anchor, Anchor. And then you'd say, go to anchor.fm to download the software where you could host your very own podcast, see all the best analytics. You could see it in a way that was really user-friendly and nice and not too technical and industry jargony. It's a way that any person can look at it and be like, ooh, that's pretty. And also it's our podcast. And you, there's no minimum listenership required to advertise and monetize. So you can immediately have ads when you hit the ground running. It's really exciting, really spectacular. If you want to start your very own podcast, Anchor.fm, download it now. Have you ever seen a horrific injury in sports? In real life? When you were there participating or as a as a audience member? Never live, no. Really? No. Have you? I saw a broken leg in a lacrosse game. Oh, God. Yeah. I imagine that was I mean, it, it, you know, and it was, the guy went down. I think someone fell on his leg. He goes down, and I'll never forget. This was in England when I was at Oxford, and he, I was playing for the Oxford men's lacrosse team, and we were not good <laughs> at all. <laughs> and we had gone to London for the day to play this team, a club, and uh, he, his guy's name was Edward, Eddie, and he broke his leg in the first, like, 30 seconds of the game. <sighs> And I came over to like look at him because they stopped play. And he goes, my leg, my leg is broken. I've broken my leg. <laughs> and I looked down. I was like, you're right. Oh, my God. Dude. Holy shit. And oh. it was so gruesome. I mean, you, it wasn't a compound fracture. So the bone wasn't coming out of the skin. But it looked as if somebody had just, you know, like, like, like two Legos that are, that are not squared up properly. Right, right, right. You know, right. and, and oh. it was, it was, oh. That's brutal, dude. But. But what's in, in, insane to me is that he immediately got taken to the hospital. They set his leg. I don't know if there was a, I think there was, there must have been a surgery, right? And then they put a, a bone in or a, 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 whatever, a plate or something like that. A rod, probably. And within six months, he's back to like full speed. Yeah, it's incredible how the body how can the heal. How does body fix I don't that? Know. I don't know. It's crazy. You're like, that guy's not only never walking again, he's getting that leg amputated. Not only is he not walking again, he's three inches shorter on the right side. <laughs> and yet somehow back to normal, you yeah, know? A pirate's life for me. It's crazy to me, dude. <laughs> that is fucking crazy, man. So, um, Wait, but hold on. You were, when were you at Oxford? Oh, my senior year of high school. Oh, okay. I went and did a, like a program there. Gotcha, I, gotcha. I knew I was going to get into college because I'd been, you know, I'd done the sports recruiting thing. So I, it was already a foregone conclusion. And so I just said, I was tired of being in high school in Maine. And I went, That's I found cool. this program where like the credits transferred back to my high school. And I just went to Oxford for six months in the fall. Very cool, dude. It was great. Yeah. It was really cool. Part I'm impressed. Like off. when I was that age, I would have never, dude, I like basically didn't even travel in high school once because I was like so afraid of leaving my social life. Mm. Like I was so wrapped up in my high school social life. But that's, that's exactly the opposite for me. I was so not part of the social life and it. to the extent where I was, I, I was almost 
ostracized. I was like, uh, not that welcome. Right. I didn't right, right, really right. get invited to parties that much, and I didn't, I didn't really blame anyone. I wasn't in that scene. I, did, yeah. I didn't drink really. I was pretty straight edge. Totally. And I don't think people trusted me. They probably <laughs> thought I was an extension of some kind of oversight committee from from the school. <laughs> Like, this is their mole, you know? <laughs> Hello, fellow children. <laughs> Are we having beers this eve? <laughs> mm. Dude, so, funny. I don't know, man. Speaking of beers, in, in, in Kansas City, uh, I actually went to a sports bar. And I don't know if this is going to make people hate me, but I met up with some people who had come to the show. And, you know, it was a, it was a couple of girls with, like, their boyfriends. And we went to a sports bar to watch the Mizzou game. Oh, nice. And Mizzou and Kansas, like that, that's a, another part of their religion out there. They care so much about the college sports. And one of the girls who had come to the show, who knew us from the podcast, had DM'd me and told me to come meet them to watch this game. And I was a little nervous, but like when you're there and nobody cares, you're just like, oh, this is the way things are here. And and since then I got the test and you yeah, know, I'm yeah. negative, so whatever, that's that's all good. But um the here's the thing. I showed up and it was, you know, a big group of people, like eight people or ten people, half girls, half guys. And all the girls were there like with their boyfriends. And the boyfriends were not that happy to see me. Oh, interesting. They weren't that happy to see me. And I totally get it. Totally. I totally get it. Because here was a, a, you know, a, a young woman who had DM'd me. Right, right. Who had come to my show and was like talking about how she's a fan. And she's sitting there with her boyfriend. And then I show up. And he's like, you know, how does that look to him? Totally. My girlfriend DM'd a guy that she, like, is a fan of, and now he's here? Yeah. And in, in that guy's mind, he's like, the only thing that's stopping him from banging my girlfriend right now is the fact that I'm here. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> you know, and, and, and I will say that, like, to his credit, he wasn't standoffish or rude or territorial. But I, as a, as a guy, I was aware of how I would have felt if the shoe were on the other foot. Oh yeah, and so I tried hard to make everyone feel like I wasn't there to just bang everyone's girlfriends. Because you weren't. Because you weren't. I certainly was not. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you know, I I bought a round of shots for everybody and was trying to make sure I didn't like just tell long stories and like hog the spotlight or whatever and right. ask people questions. And they loosened up, and it was it was great. They were a great group of people. Uh, shout out to Rena and Paige, and I know they're listening. Rena, Paige, and, uh, and their boyfriend, everyone else, and <laughs> and the boyfriends, <laughs> Schmitty, um, all these wonderful people, Nick, uh, Christian, all these people, Jenny. They came to the shows. Sorry, I'm messing up the mics here, um, but it it was so fun. But I just I couldn't help but think, like you know, <laughs> you know. Whoa, I'm surprised, like, how do I, how do I make sure everyone's at ease here? Do I come out? Well, do, do, Just tell everyone I'm gay? Do, like, is that the easiest way to do it? I'm gay, by the way, dude. Yeah. It's like, oh, I wasn't thinking anything about that. You're like, oh, yeah, okay. Start making the girlfriends nervous? <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> wow, that's took a twist. 
Yeah. Um, dude, it sounds like the way you handled it's the way to handle it, though. You know, not hogging the spotlight, asking people questions. Those are good, like, pointers yeah. for how to not be a, a hog. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's what it is. No, but they were really cool. They were wonderful people. And I met a lot of really wonderful people in, in Kansas City. There's that, I guess it's the Midwest, right? I guess, yeah. Central America charm. Yeah, um, I don't really know. I guess, yeah, I guess it's the Midwest. Is Central America like Guatemala? Yes. <laughs> okay, so that's not right. Central United States. Yeah. Anyway, dude. Whatever. It's awesome, man. Yeah. Um, dude, so I actually have to, I have bad news for you. I have to oh, break, I have to break something no. to you. Um, it's not that bad, but I sent you a video of Nicki Minaj. Yeah, let's talk about this. <laughs> so I have I get these emails from like a website with like hip hop gossip, and the headline in one of the emails was Nicki Minaj get get her vagina ate by yeah, another girl or the something. Verb tenses there are just, just yeah, not great. <laughs> nails on a chalkboard. So anyway, I watched the video. I'm like, holy shit, this is Nicki Minaj. That's crazy. So then I send it to like ten different people, including Francis. And then one of my friends looks into it. He's like, dude, this isn't Nicki Minaj. And he sends me the video proof back where it's like a girl who looks like Nicki Minaj. And in this clipping on the gossip website, they had like zoomed in enough that it was like unclear. But then when you watch the original video from far away, it's like obvious that it's not her. Oh, it wasn't her. It wasn't her. So then like I had to go and text all 10 people I sent it to. Being like, hey, by the way, man, that wasn't actually her. Yeah, you owe me. <laughs> you owe me an ejaculation back. <laughs> <laughs> that ejaculation was based on false pretenses. I know. I was like, this is crazy. I you owe believe. me one cum. That <laughs> cum was a lie. Fake news porn, dude. <laughs> I'm just disseminating false information. You owe me about 90 seconds of my life back. 90 milliliters of semen. Yeah. Dude, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> no. Sorry. Right. Awkward. It's oh, all right. Man. That's what hotel towels are for. <laughs> dude, when I'm in a hotel room, I mean, the towels are just fair game. And I'm an environmentalist, so I feel bad about it. But I, you know, dude, just I just destroy hotel rooms. <laughs> Especially that little towel. Who's yeah. using that little There's towel? so many different sizes. They're the Russian dolls of towels. <laughs> There's like a mid-size washcloth. And I don't know. I don't use those for my face, certainly. Because exactly. I know that everybody who's come before me has turned them into cardboard, you know? Yeah, or who's literally come before you. Yeah. But dude, it. so so Julio sends me this clip as a <laughs> as a text message, you know, not like a, hey heads up, I'm sending you porn, and just like no 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 oh my we're not like devout Nicki Minaj fans, uh, we're not the type of guys that like send porn to each other. <laughs> and he sends me this just like hardcore, uh, you know, close up cunnilingus video. And, you know, I watched it. I, I actually didn't jerk off. It didn't turn me on at all. I actually thought it was kind of rancid. Um, <laughs> and I was like, Jesus Christ, dude. Like, what's this? And yeah. then you were like, LOL. You know, <laughs> I don't even know. What you. And we both agreed. It, it the like, video very appealing was like not it. fun to watch. Yeah. It was just kind of like, oh. Yeah, it was... You know, it was it was sort of like I had the same feeling that I would of watching like Joey Chestnut try to beat the record for hot dogs at Nathan's <laughs> hot dog contest. Yeah. It's just You're like, kind of like, oh, God. Yeah. It's not great. This isn't good. No. <laughs> 
Anyway, I'm glad you sent it though. I guess it is burned into my brain indelibly. But dude, it was so shameful having to be like, "Hey, man, that's by the way, that's fake." (laughs) Like I, I just felt the need to have to do that. I texted Chris, who like thought it was hilarious. Yeah. Like, but dude, it's true. Like I didn't just didn't want these people walking around for the next five years telling people that like. Nicki Minaj, there's porn of Nicki Minaj on the internet yeah. when there isn't. <laughs> but imagine that there's a guy who <laughs> just clings to that for five years. <laughs> You'll He's never just walking this. around just denying everything <laughs> that's come out to, to, to make that video fake. Dude, totally. I just, me just having to be like, bad news, dude. <laughs> like, what do you mean? I don't know. Dude, one of, my, uh, one of my friends was complaining about how their kid doesn't like won't do his homework or like won't listen to them. Mm. And he's like, I don't know what to do, man. And I'm like, that's ridiculous. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, what do you mean? You don't know what to do. Like, right. There's so much you can do. Like, I swear to God, man, like if my kid starts being a real piece of shit, I will definitely threaten to use force against him. I, I was, I was told this. I can't tell you how many times when I was tutoring where a parent would say like, you know, we've tried everything. We need help. We can't get him or her to do his or her homework. You know, we need help. We need help. And it's like, well, you're just a bad parent. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not saying all the way, you know, totally. maybe they've instilled good value. Well, I feel you. They might be like, well-intentioned. You know, they say like, uh, he won't do his homework. We can't get him off of his cell phone. It's like, we'll take the fucking cell phone away. Dude, totally. You know? Yes. It, without a doubt, whenever I ran into these kids, it was because the kids were like openly smoking weed in their bedrooms, in their two to three bedroom apartment on the Upper East Side. It's not as if they're in a castle somewhere, you know, 12 miles away in a neighboring town hiding out right. and coming home having taken eye drops. The, the lengths that we used to have to go to to hide from our parents that we had smoked weed. I know. Were, it was crazy you know, backbreaking. And we certainly didn't do it until we had completed our homework. I did. Totally. Absolutely. There was so much oversight in my family, you know, and, 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 and certainly like feedback from schools and I went to private and public. So don't just say like, you know, there were, we, there was, we, my parents were fucking tuned in to how I was doing with report cards, with updates, whatever it was. And I did well because my parents were strict about it. Right. And I wouldn't even say like super strict. It was just like, you have to do your best. We know if you're not doing your best. Right. And I did the best that I could. Totally. Yeah, dude, this idea of like, if I started just like baking out my house, yeah. like not only would have I gotten in trouble, my mom would have just been sobbing in a corner. Yeah. I don't want to make my mom sob in a no. corner. Dude, the first time I smoked pot, I was so afraid that I was going to get caught that I threw out my clothes that I was wearing. <laughs> I threw away my clothes. What? And it's so funny. Like, what a high thing to do to just show up in different clothes. Like, yeah, my, my yeah. parents know all the clothes I have. You know what I mean? Like, dude, a buddy of mine, this kid, Tommy O'Regan, he, he opens for me sometimes. He has a great bit about how in high school, when he would come home drunk or high, before he walked into the house, he would practice talking <laughs> so that he sounded, he'd be like, hello, mother. Mom, mom, mom. The night was good. I went to the movies. You know? Yeah, like, okay. you can do better than that. Yeah, yeah. That's not it. She'll know. She'll know. And he'd end up coming in and speaking way more eloquently than he should have. <laughs> I had a splendid evening. You can corroborate my whereabouts with Daniel's mother. 
give her a phone. She's expecting you. <laughs> Dude, that's great. Dude, I if my kid, if my like 11-year-old kid is like, I'm not doing my homework, I'll be like, oh, you're not doing your homework. Okay. Uh, you have two options. You can do your homework or you can fight me. <laughs> and guess what? If you lose the fight, you have to do your homework. So you better do your fucking homework. Fine. That works if your kid is not some behemoth overgrown man child. That's true. That is true. But but here's the thing. Are we wrong? Are we just being naive? Maybe. Are we just saying it's that easy as a parent and we don't know? Because there are genuinely kids out there with behavioral issues totally. who are so obstinate in their defiance of of of, of obedience and and just will not adhere to whatever you lay down as the law in the house. And they find ways to, to shirk their duties and get out and, right. you know, fuck around, do drugs or whatever. And, you know, th there's that, that Steve Carell movie that no one saw with Timothy Chalamet where his son gets oh, yeah. hooked on opioids. That. Yeah. You saw it's it. It's a true story. Is it? Yeah. And that could happen, right? <laughs> and then you're talking about committing your kids to rehab facilities. And sure, that happens. I don't think that's what we're talking about. Right. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about your garden variety, Defiant. You know, shitty teenager, like, I'm not doing it. Dude, totally. Totally. Take away the electronics. Take away, you know, their access to Wi-Fi. I, I, I think if parents are savvy enough, they should have a way of, of getting, getting them to sit down. Fucking sit down with them. Help yeah. them with the homework. Right. Totally. I, I, who knows? You know, we'll, I'll cross the bridge when I get there. I think a big part of it, too, is that, like, parents don't want their kids to hate them. So they, they get yes. to a, a position where the kid ends up walking all over them because they're afraid that the kids will be like, I hate you. Yeah. You know? I, I found in New York a lot of the time that parents just didn't want to parent. Oh, yeah, that And too. they would outsource the parenting to a hired hand. I found that, too. And I, that was a really u uniquely un New York thing for me. Right. Where, like, the parents had social lives. Like, the way yeah. that... You know, like these huge, these budding social lives that were more important to them than raising their kids. It was either that or it was that both the father and the mother had very high paying, demanding jobs. Yes. And they couldn't be around. And they yeah. would stay at work late or. Totally. But I say that even then, I remember there were families where the parents both had jobs, but then after work, like three or four nights a week, they would go out to fancy dinners, right. just the two of them, right. date nights, right. because they knew they had an entire team of nannies and tutors at home to right. do the work that they just chose not to do. Totally. Dude, I think it's, I think it's unique that you and I both were like worked in the children's service. Yeah, industry. Yes. We were both premium help, <laughs> yeah. premium help. We got to sit at the dinner table. Yeah. You know? Yeah, we did. We had a skill that they wanted. We got to raid the pantry for, for, you know, hummus with potato chip, like <laughs> yeah. single serving packets. And yeah. the grapes yeah. and Greek yogurt things yes. in the fridge. <laughs> yeah, yes. Dude, I was a snack monster. <laughs> I would I would demand that the kid and I go raid the refrigerator in the pantry before we began. And just the and the possibilities are just endless. They I would everything. skip lunch knowing that I was going to teenagers' houses or, or like ten year olds' houses at three or four PM that day. Dude, totally. Totally. It's crazy. <laughs> the other thing about those kids that's interesting too is like they have all the food, but because they have so many resources, they can truly pick and choose what they eat for every single meal. Mm. And whereas when I was a kid, like I hit the pantry, I started lowering my expectations if what I wanted wasn't in there, and then I would end up eating something. Yeah. Whereas like these kids are like ordering caviar for lunch and dinner That's every right. day. It's crazy. They are. Crazy. 
Yeah, I don't. I, I, caviar, it, the delivery service, not caviar, the fucking fish egg. Thing. Right, 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 right. Yeah, <laughs> got to clarify. No, no, dude, don't, don't stop. Don't apologize for interrupting. We are podcast co-hosts. You are my <laughs> friend. Talk over me. Do it. I invite it. I, it's a, it is a uniquely New York thing. I say that. I'm sure it happens in Chicago and Los right, Angeles right. and other places as well. Cities, yeah. But uh, that too, you know. It, I don't. I don't mean to give sanctimonious parental advice, but I do think that the the family dinners that we had, that centering moment of you know we're all getting together at seven thirty or eight, make fucking time. It didn't happen every night, but it happened enough nights of the week that you know we would check in with each other, and I would I would come to that table pissed, <laughs> pissed. You didn't want to be there. Just ornery. You know, teenager, angsty teenager, right. like not gonna talk. Right, right. Keep right. my eyes down, eat my food, then wait till I was excused and fucking take my plate to the sink and go back to my room. <laughs> I did that, sure, but I, we were always there together. Yeah. It was not as though my parents were in some distant wing of the apartment and I was at the table with my tutor being like, want to order Chipotle? Yeah, right, right, right. We're right. gonna get Postmates to bring it. Right, you know? right, right. It's what do like, you want? Dude, 100%. And that's what happened. I know. And it's not like you're that kid who like goes to find his dad. He knocks on the door. He's like, hey, dad. He's like, and the dad doesn't even look up. He's like, what's up, buddy? He's like, uh, came in third place today in the race. That's great, buddy. Good job, kid. That's yeah. great. Hey, I'll see you in a, in a couple hours, okay? Yeah, daddy's working. All right, dad. Yeah. You know, that's sad. sad as it's, fuck. It's, it's really sad. <laughs> but I also, I didn't really ever experience that either. Same. There was no communication. And either that or it was like the parents making some cursory effort to be involved in the kid's life. You know, they quick check in. How was your day? Like, oh, right. you scored six points in the JV basketball game. All right. Good job. Proud of you. Right. And then they feel like they've done, they've checked their box as parents. Right. And they go do whatever the fuck it is that they do. Right. Either that or like ruthlessly trying to make them perfect because it's an extension of them. Yeah. I found that too. Like these parents are like, they want to be able to tell their friends, oh, my eyes, son is, he goes to Hotchkiss and then he's going to Harvard right, and then right. he's doing this and he does. I'm just, I'm just describing Francis. Hotchkiss <laughs> and Harvard, Oxford, yeah, but, with this but, other program, lacrosse. Look, look, not for nothing. <laughs> I, I understand that my resume may read that but way. You're a wet dream for these Upper East Side parents. Well, they want their it, kid to be you. That's true. <laughs> You're walking nut. But what made me good at what I did, just <laughs> the walking little like oozing splurge with legs that becomes self-aware. Um, no, what made me good was that I served as a bridge between the kids and the parents. Right. right. And I would, I would create lines of communication and convey how the kids were doing. And a lot of the time I would, I would fake it. But I knew yeah. that the parents wanted to be involved without having to do any of the work. Right. And right. that's why I was able to, you know, bump my rate from 100 to 150 to 225 to 300. Right. You became a full service. Yeah. Before Francis. I eventually got to a point where I was like, I, I don't feel right charging more money, even though I could have. Right. My fucking right. wait list was, was months long. Right. right I was right. That's completely crazy. stacked. I could not take on any more kids. And dude, that's the crazy thing too. Like I know people who have tutors that they pay some crazy rate like that. And once you're at that level, all of a sudden, like they want to pay more. They, they do. They want the guy who's the best. They don't mind paying more. And once you're there, they're like, I got this guy. Dude. And now you're done. You're set. The more that I charged, 
the more that parents felt like they were getting the best thing. And I'm sure you were great at it too. I mean, it's this isn't like I, I was I was good, right, right. but you know, it's not I like wasn't you were banging doing, the guy's wife. Also, yeah, I wasn't some you know, like, like SAT wizard. Right, I was right. more of a like, let's see if we can impact this kid's life you know, on a broader rounder. I was a, what, what we called like a buddy tutor right. where I would befriend the kid. And then the biggest thing that made them do their work was them not wanting to disappoint me. Dude, this, it's like the boys and girls club for rich people. Yeah. So this yeah. is sounding like I would, you're use, a mentor, dude. I would use tidbits from my personal life as the carrot for the lesson. Right. Right. That's so great. like, accessible. You know, I, I'd see them 45 minutes in, they'd be sort of checking out and I'd be like, I'd be like, hang on a sec. Let's take a five minute break. You know, boy, I went on a date this weekend. They'd be like, oh, <laughs> what was that like? And I was like, pretty good. You know, I don't know. She, I, we went out to dinner. She didn't really like me that much. Whatever. Yeah, right, and right, say right. something funny. And then, you know, it's not as if I was telling these kids like, yeah, you know, she wouldn't let me fuck her. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm never going to see her again. They'd be like, oh, yeah, tell me more. <laughs> Do you ever swing and miss in a situation like that? The guy's like. Yeah, man, like she wouldn't even let me do anything. You're like, oh, you can always jerk off. <laughs> and the kid's like, that's not funny, man. That's fucking, that's fucking weird. No, I, <laughs> I will. I, I wouldn't get into that stuff until I had a very good sense of the kid's sensibilities. And right. all, all these kids were very different. I, people talk, you often hear like, I could never raise my kids in New York City. Right. And until I had tutored for a couple years, I might have agreed with that. But there were plenty of families I met that raised their kids in a commendable way. Totally. And I think a big part of it, it, it all comes down to money, as fucked up as that sounds. Uh, because in New York City, in order to raise your kid in a way that I feel would have been similar to the, the way that I was raised, which was a raise, way that I really liked, um, you know, sort of like a, a down-to-earth, good values nuclear family like not being a dickhead you know respect your all, all that shit right um and especially being outside that was a big right. part of my upbringing just being able to fucking be outside totally. and run around um in order to mimic that in new york you have to have enough money to have a weekend house right that's like in the catskills or in the hamptons or wherever where yeah. you can like take your kids and be like we're gonna be a fucking family here the country yeah they call it. Dude, we used to like weekend soccer games, you know, that was a big thing. Totally, man. It's like the weekend soccer in New York. You can't even really play 11 on 11 leagues. It's got to be like some six on six bullshit. Dude, totally. And it's like a pain in the ass to get there. And it, yeah. it's like, yeah, it's it's in some ran. It's an asphalt green. Parents the are setting up on, their on the folding chairs on some rooftop of a shanty building yeah. next door. It makes things way more complicated. It's and not if, fun. And if you're not willing to pay 50 grand a year to send them to Dalton, you need to like hold a shock under their head and make them get a good enough score to get into Stuyvesant or one of yeah. those like yeah. those those whatever schools where you need to pass you know, a test. Or you send them to a public school in Tribeca, which is going to be a great public school, but you're also going to have 10% of kids who have like children and maybe even <laughs> grandchildren. Is that how the public school Dude, works? I think the public the kids grow up fast in New York City. Yeah, they do. They really do. There's right. just a the social scene I've, I saw it so many times, and I, I don't know if it's specific to the private school system, which is what I was more familiar with, but I do think that what happens is, and may, I may have said this on the podcast before, but what happens was, you know, kids that I saw would be drinking earlier, 
Yeah. They'd be drinking in seventh grade and they'd be smoking weed in eighth grade. By the freshman or sophomore year of high school, they had a friend who, you know, was the son of the CEO of AIG or some crazy Fortune 500 company that would just give their kid a, a, a black card. Oh, right, and then right, that right. kid would fire up a table at up and down on a Tuesday right. night right. when right. it was like, you know, that's when all the models would come. Yes. And you would hop along and you'd say you were going over to your buddies to st- study for the night and then you'd spend the night there. And instead of studying, you were at up and down or right. having sex with adult models, Avenue, lying just about popping by $5,000 table. Yeah. And then you show up to, to school on Wednesday, hung over. It's crazy. From having gone to the most prestigious nightlife scene in the world, maybe, right. rivaling like Tokyo and London. And by the time you get to college, you're tired of the New York social life scene right. and going to from that to dorm room parties and beer pong is such a step, step down. down. It's such a, uh, a sort of you've got that breakneck you go from 60 to zero so fast that you get this whiplash and you look for the next high and that's when these kids start turning to opioids and pills and harder drugs mm. and they flame out and end up back home in rehab and i saw that happen that, saw all the time yeah and it's tragic yeah. and that's what would probably be the biggest reason i wouldn't want to raise kids in new york city yeah that's fair dude yeah Fair point. We'll wrap there. That's Oops the Podcast, guys. Thanks for a great episode. We enjoyed having you today. Uh, We'll see you soon. Uh, As always, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please rate and review this episode, this this podcast. It helps us a lot. Check out our Instagram feed. Um, I'm Francis C.C. Ellis on Instagram. He is not Julio with a J. Don't get that wrong. (laughs) And we've got some merch coming, fellas. Check it out. We're wearing it right now. We're sporting sporting the merch. It's coming, baby. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, Thank you so much, and we will see you soon.